0: Good morning, everybody. It is time for Buccaneers Insider Live, presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here with Scott Smith. And, uh, man, this is kind of an unusual one. We get to talk just the day before a game. Normally there's a lot more that's going to happen between now and the game, but I guess that kind of can mean that we know more than we normally do on a Wednesday leading up to the game. Uh, So we got a lot we're going to talk about. And of course we always want to hear from you and what you want us to be talking about. So put your questions underneath the live video on Facebook for us to get a chance to answer those. I figured we'd start uh, with the the positive news. There was another award. Uh, We stacked up a whole bunch of defensive (laughs) ones last week. This one is on the offensive side.
1: Yeah. Tom Brady, uh, unsurprisingly after throwing five touchdown passes and 369 yards and leading a 17 point comeback and, all that he's the uh, NFC offensive player of the week after we had all those defensive player awards last week. He has 31 of those now. Okay. Not NFC. He has one NFC one, but he has 31 offensive player of the week awards, which is incredible. It's the most by anybody. Again, not surprisingly, that's like one and a half a season. I mean, you get excited when you get one and this guy's been stacking them up multiple times per season in his career.
0: That's yeah, that's a pretty incredible award. Um, And Speaking of that, I know that he won that award missing some key people on Sunday, and uh, (laughs) that has continued to be a storyline this week. I I feel like earlier in the season, the injury bug had hit a bunch of teams that – you know, when we played the Broncos, we talked about that, that they were down so many people, and the Bucks had really been able to avoid that, at least in the first few weeks, and now it seems like kind of finally caught up with them, and at a very inopportune time, when it's a short week, um, so what are, what do we know at this point about some of the guys that are in, are out, and what this could mean, especially for this offense?
1: Yeah, you know, you said we're closer to the game, so we know more, and we do, we know that all the guys that didn't practice the last two days, they were really just walkthroughs, but still they didn't walk through. So um, that's certainly not very encouraging. Um, we won't know until later today exactly who is out, but it's its a pretty scary picture. Uh, your top four wideouts all have not practiced. That's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, t- um, uh, Justin Watson, and Scotty Miller. And at the moment, what you have on the roster is uh, ready to go is Jaden Mickens and Cyril Grayson, who was just promoted, and that's it. There's two guys on the practice squad, Josh Pearson and uh, uh, um, a new one. His last name is Whitney um, that I am blanking on at the moment. But um, obviously those guys don't have any experience whatsoever. They could be active or elevated for the game. That's another thing we'll find out later today. Um, you know, here's the way I look at it. Uh, three guys, three different people. Uh, Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles and then Levante David all said one thing that was uh, uh, interesting this week after the, the comeback win. They all said they wouldn't have won that game last year. And Levante said the Bucks teams of pretty much his, his entire career wouldn't have won that game. And they found a way to win that game, and they have confidence. And uh, you know they they figured it out and they believed. I think they're gonna have to do the same thing this week if you want to get that win and get to four and one against a good Chicago team in Chicago. I, I still think there's a way they can find a way to win, even if all those guys are out and Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy are out. Uh, it's just going to have to be power your way through this one, and then you have a long break before the next game, and hopefully you get a bunch of those guys back. So we'll see. It's not going to be easy, but like you said, we, nobody, was, uh, you know, nobody was crying for us when we played Denver and they had a bunch of injuries, and we played the Chargers and they had a bunch of injuries. I think this season is going to be a war of attrition, and, and it's just our turn to try to get through one.
0: That's true, and um, we had a few people ask a question along these lines, but Jameer had asked, um, should we look at free agents for another weapon with all of the injuries, and I wanted to also hear your thoughts on how the new protocols and everything with COVID this year does affect that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, we were talking about this after the game on Sunday um, when we started to see this injury picture unfold, and there really is no way, because it's a Thursday game, there really was no option. I mean, you could sign somebody, sure, uh, for fu- for the future, but there was no way to get somebody ready in the building and ready by Thursday. Cause it's like a 72 hour period with the COVID testing protocol. So you had to start on Monday. I think maybe they could get them in the building by Wednesday, but by that point you're pretty much done with your preparations. You couldn't really work them into the game plan at all. So that really wasn't an option for this week, which is what you said at the top, because it's a short week. It was, it was particularly difficult. So um, we just had to power through it. Now, if any of these injuries prove to be more long-term, then yes, obviously you're going to have to start looking outside the building.
0: Okay. And we had a few questions in a row about Tristan Wirfs. Um, You know, Eastside asked just how impressed we are with him. Richard had asked, uh, what do you think it's going to take to get him some offensive rookie of the year consideration?
1: That's tough for an offensive lineman. I mean, you're always going to have quarterbacks out there. I mean, wouldn't you, Justin Herbert's going to get a lot more attention than an offensive tackle, particularly because, you know, when an offensive tackle is doing great, you're just not saying his name very much. It's the opposite of a lot of these other positions. So um, he could be the best rookie, offensive rookie, in the field this year, but I think it would be very difficult for him to win that award. You never know, I suppose. But he is playing really phenomenally well. He's playing like he he's a veteran. Uh, he's handled some incredible pass rushers. He did really well against Joey Bosa this past week. Bosa even said that. Bosa said after the game that this kid's going to be really good. You start to see some of these um, – uh, analytics sites, you know, your your football outsiders and, and pro football focus and things like that are starting to give him a lot of love. And not just in terms of rookies, but in terms of just all offensive linemen. He's playing very, very well. And that's also the case for a couple other guys like Ali Marpet and Ryan Jensen. I mean, the the offensive line had its best game last Sunday, but it doesn't look like it's a fluke. It looks like it's something that's sustainable. And we've been looking for this O-line to really come together for a while, put a lot of resources in it. I mean, think about the, all the... First round pick, two second round picks, a big free agency acquisition, and a third round pick in the last four or five years to build this line. And now it's really starting to come together.
0: Okay. And uh, Jermaine had asked about our tight ends that he said, do you think if one of them emerges as a star, could you potentially see us uh, getting rid of OJ or Cam?
1: One of who? So I
0: think, I think what he's saying is because we have had so many, you know, we, we do have a lot of tight ends there. And then now with OJ being out, if some of these other guys step up in a big way, do you think that that is a position where maybe you trade somebody? I, I know that was a talk before the season potentially, but now with OJ being out just how that affects the tight end group overall.
1: Well, we don't have a lot of tight ends anymore. We have three of them. You have, I mean, Alclair's on IR, so I guess he could come back and then you'd have four. Uh, but uh, Eau Claire is not really the same type of tight end as OJ Howard. Tanner Hudson, I mean, okay, if Tanner Hudson emerges as a star, would we get rid of OJ Howard? I mean, possibly, but that's really asking quite a bit. Um, Rob Gronkowski, we already know what he is. Really, everybody was was pretty was raving about what OJ had done and how much progress he had made, and it was really working out nicely. He was really more of the the receiving threat than Gronk was in the first four games. And Cam Brate, you know, we know what he is and we all love Cam and he's a great player. Uh, but as one of the coaches said yesterday, he's not the same tight end that O.J. Howard is. So O.J. Howard is your best bet to really get those downfield plays, work the seams, um, beat people because he's more athletic. He's, he's really athletic for the size that he is and fast. And you don't get a lot of guys. That's why he's a first round pick. You don't find a lot of guys like that. So. Considering how well it was working out, I would think they would be motivated to keep O.J. Howard around uh, moving forward. And, and we don't know how long Rob Gronkowski wants to play yet either. So I, I don't, you know, I feel like the tight end depth isn't really quite as incredible as that question seems to posit.
0: Okay. Uh, Daniel had asked Do you think this is going to be primarily a defensive game on Thursday? Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's the way I've been writing about it all week. The Bears have a very good defense, really good uh, pass rushers in Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn. Their inside linebackers, Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan, are really good. It's a, it's a tough front seven. They've played very well defensively. Uh, the Buccaneers have also played very well defensively. You know, I think uh, both teams are in the top ten, but by some other metrics, uh, some other metrics consider the Buccaneers' defense one of the top one or two in the league. Um, so, yeah, it, considering how we are so banged up on offense and have to probably – Jerry Rigg a game plan and, and the Bears have had their change at quarterback and are still trying to really get their offense in a groove whichever defense makes the bigger plays is probably going to win this game
0: and Sean asked good question, yeah. yeah Uh Shawnesia asked were you surprised that Vaughn's number got called in the situation it did for his touchdown in that game
1: um, not, not as surprised as I would normally be given that, that we were down to two running backs at the time. So it was either Ronald Jones or him. And, um, I think we were, we were clearly in a, I think that came out of a shotgun. I think we were clearly in a, a passing situation. It wasn't third down, it was second down, but it was second and goal from the nine, I think. And, uh, I feel like we were definitely going to throw and, uh, Keyshawn had already shown that he could, that he could, you know, serve as like a third down type back. And you saw how well he made that catch. I mean, that was not an easy catch. And uh, Rojo in that game had had a couple balls he couldn't hang on to. So it's not, it wasn't terribly surprising in the moment that uh, he was in there on for that type of situation. Now, if you asked me that at the start of the game, I would have definitely said yes.
0: And we had a lot of people asking about Tyler Johnson, what we've seen from him, how big of a role he's prepared to play um we, you know we've seen him at least get in for a couple games now but hasn't had his number called too much so uh, do you feel like this could be the game that he really you know kind of shows and proves you know why they drafted him
1: Well hopefully it will be because that we may not have another option um, he may be your number one guy going into that game uh, yeah i mean the the bucks felt like they got a steal when they got him in the 5th round and there was just so much wide receiver depth in this draft that allowed that to happen i think he would have gone higher in some other drafts uh, yeah and he's a talented guy and he you know he was just really really set back by his injury in training camp and there was no no role for him in the offense when the season started so and then once you get started with the season your primary concern is getting ready for the next game not you know, is getting this rookie ready who's not part of the game plan. So it was probably hard for him to advance, but Coach Arian says he has advanced and he's ready for it. It's not too big for him now. So uh, he's a talented guy and, and hopefully, uh, this, you know, he'll make the most of his shot here just like Keyshawn did in the last game.
0: Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks to all of you guys for tuning in. Thanks for those amazing questions. And we'll be back here next Wednesday, hopefully talking about a great game that we got to see in Chicago. So we'll see you then.